0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. On ESPN2 and ESPNU, Series XM Channel 80 and the ESPN app. She is Michelle Smallman. He is Chris Canty. I am Evan Cohen. And I nailed it. Nailed it. I mean, how good was I yesterday? Yeah, you nailed really it. called, it, you really nailed called
3: it. yourself in glory with that pick yesterday. <laughs> Great job on that one. Great job. Round of applause. Oh, All right, Evan. Great Thank job, Thank Evan. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Yes, the, the I appreciate The epic it. rant. Yes. I mean, I nailed it. Couldn't be more wrong.
4: Yeah, you said wake Couldn't up. Couldn't be more yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. Wake that's up. right. That's the right. Detroit Lions said good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Yes, they did.
2: And uh, 21-20, the Lions won last night over the Kansas City Chiefs NFL opening night. And I got to be honest, you could have said, hey, let's predict every wild and crazy storyline from this game last night going in. And the thought process that Andy Reid could have been terrible— was not one that I anticipated. I thought Andy Reid, and listen, we're going to get into the drop passes and everything like that, but Andy Reid, two decisions late in this game, up 17 14 with 12 11 to go. Detroit, 21 yard line, fourth and two. Why not go for it in that spot? You have Patrick Mahomes, you're up three to be up six, big deal. And then inexplicably, down 21 20, a fourth and 25 from your own 30 <laughs> yard line, 209 to go, and three timeouts and a two minute warning. And you go for it there, CC. Andy Reid, what are you doing? I was trying to
3: make heads or tails of that decision. The only thing I could come up with is that Andy Reid and the defense might have gone a freeway situation, which is let the Detroit Lions score a touchdown and then try to get the ball back, Pat Mahomes down eight points and see what happens. That was the only thing that makes sense. Maybe the Detroit Lions aren't smart enough to, to actually take a knee in that situation. If you let them run into the end zone, maybe they're one of those guys they are going to put up the fantasy football stats. That didn't happen, though. It was clear that this was a disciplined team that Dan Campbell and coordinators Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn had these guys ready to go. They showed great situational awareness. And I can't say enough how great that defense played for the Detroit Lions. Uh, I know we talked about James Houston, and we talked about Charles Harris and Aiden Hutchinson, that defensive front four, but the Stars were the secondary for the Detroit Lions. They revamped that secondary this offseason. Cam Sutton and and your boy Brian Branch, who had uh, to pick six off of Pat Mahomes, and then also C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I mean, they played phenomenal. They played a lot of zone coverage, but they were really sticking with it, matching up with those receivers when they came into their zones. That's why Pat Mahomes was forced to hold the ball as long as he did. And when he did find open receivers, the damn guys couldn't catch the ball. I mean, to me, that was the entire game. The defense bowing up in the second half, mm-hmm. holding the Kansas City Chiefs to field goals, getting the pick six, giving their offense opportunity after opportunity to put together a drive. And finally, at the end, when they really needed it, Jared Goff and that run game were able to cash in with a score.
4: How many times have we seen the Kansas City Chiefs really do things to beat themselves? It's so rare. It's such a rarity for this team. They're usually so fundamentally sound, and they can always find a way to pull out a win. I was really surprised to see some of the mistakes that
3: they made last night.
2: Agreed. Very much agreed. I I could not believe it. The drop passes with Kadarius Toney, I mean... I mean, was he
3: playing for the Detroit Lions last night? Might as well have been. I mean, they had four drops in the second half. Tony had three of them. This guy was a former first-round pick. They were depending on him. If you look at the career resumes of the other receivers, the Reishi Rices of the World, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, Noah Gray, Kadarius Tony was the one that needed to be that dude. And he was not, great in the Super Bowl. And he was he great, was in, the great Bowl, in the Super Bowl, but he wasn't, he wasn't great last night. He wasn't great. Thing.
2: That's they, a compliment. They tried,
3: they tried to find so many different ways to get him the ball, even on the jet sweeps. I mean, third down and two jet sweep to Kadarius Tony, They lose yardage. Those types of things can't happen. Like, he's got to find a way to be an X-Factor. We talked about it yesterday, Evan, and I asked you. Oh, yeah. Because Travis Kelsey, if he wasn't going to be on the field, who had to be the guy to step up? It was Kadarius Toney. So I was kind of right. He, showed he was up. the X-Factor. He, he showed up, <laughs> so, but not, but not so, the way we thought he was. Do I get credit for being right on that? No, you don't get any credit Okay, for that. all right.
2: No, no, no. Listen, I, I'm going to be honest. When I'm wrong, I'm going to say I'm wrong. Yeah. I was dead wrong about this game last night. As we heard in that rant from yesterday, you can go to <laughs> at like for the whole thing. I thought people were disrespecting the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. I thought – by the way, I'm going to get a neck injury with the way that we're set up here. We're in the Seaport Studios in New York. I'm looking – like, I'm just – literally, I'm playing tennis with my head right now. And my feet are now glued to the ground. They're like the U.S. Open with that crazy fan last night who glued his feet to the How ground. What was that? Which Pat Costello, producer of this show, has said if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, he's an Eagles fan, he will glue his feet to the ground. So we will revisit that.
4: No, he said he would glue his feet to the ground for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I've victory. changed that. Okay. Yeah, okay. I've changed that, just that. to be clear. Yeah. Let's switch if it If the
2: Eagles win the Super Bowl, Pat has to glue his feet to the ground like the crazy fan at the U.S. Open. Last I'll time. do it. This, this okay. is the same fan base
3: that decided when they won the Super Bowl in 2017 to eat horse poop. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa.
4: Whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. We that didn't decide happened. that as Pat, a that fan happened. base. Pat, that was, that we didn't have like it's a big board
0: meeting. Base. There wasn't a memo sent out like, if we win, we're eating horse poop, guys.
1: But That would have been great,
0: though. But
3: Pat, it happened. What do you want me to say? One guy. One guy. But One those guy. are your people. Yeah, representative. you, own you. It. Those are your people, my friend. Yeah, so your
2: good. People. You're gonna you have to now well you don't have to. I think it, it you suggested the idea of gluing the feet to the ground like a crazy fan during the Coco Goff match last night at the US Open, who glued his feet to the ground out of some environmental pro- uh, protest, which yeah. we're not getting into the environmental stuff. No, 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 no. Our show just talks about feet glued to the ground. Right. That's where yeah. we live here. Anyway. Speaking of environments, it
3: didn't seem to matter for the Detroit Lions last night, did it? Bingo. It that's, didn't matter. That's why like, like, everybody felt like this could be an opportunity where they got overwhelmed by the spotlight. We don't see Detroit in this spot where they're in primetime games standalone, let alone the reigning defending champs unveiling the banner from the Super Bowl 57 win that they had. Like, the Kansas City Chiefs, they were supposed to roll in this game. In the Pat Mahomes era, they didn't lose on opening night. Well, there's a first time for everything. And it clearly was a situation where Detroit wasn't overwhelmed. It was also clearly a situation where this game meant more, and we talked about that on the second drive. Inside their own 20, Dan Campbell with the fourth and two decides to go with a fake punt. That set the tone. We came to win that football game. And that's exactly the kind of momentum and the kind of energy that that team played with, especially on the defensive side of the ball in the second half.
2: Let's be clear on something, though. Sometimes great execution could still be a bad play call. Going for a fake punt inside your own 20 is a bad call. It worked, and it helped them, and it totally changed the game, but it's not a good call. You can't just play the results on that and say it's good because it worked. Going for a fake punt inside your 20-yard line is not smart. I'm sorry. Well, you can't it worked, get, but it's not smart. Well, you got to
3: find a way to be able to sustain drives in order to beat Pat Mahomes. That has to happen. You have to win time of possession if you're gonna have any shot at beating the Chiefs in arrowhead. And that's exactly what happened. And one of the things that I credit Ben Johnson for is being able to mix it up with the run pass. Last night they were north of 50 runs plus completions. I think 34 runs plus 23 completions. Anytime you have north of 50 plus completions, you're most likely going to win time of possession, and you're going to give your team a damn good chance of winning the game. They did that last night. You can say it, it doesn't necessarily make it a good decision for Dan Campbell to go for it, but I think it sends the message that this is what we've got to do in order to beat Pat Mahomes. That's and, right. And that was the decision-making treat for them last night. I don't have a problem with them going for fourth and two on at, at midfield and they're uh, the second-to-last drive. Like, those are the decisions that you have to make. Two and a half minutes left, fourth and two. You got to go for it. Now, it just so happens Jared Goff makes a terrible decision and throws the ball and gets batted down where he could have took off and ran it. But that's neither here nor there. Their defense bailed him out. But you have to make those type of aggressive decisions if you're going to beat Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes.
2: Can can we just – I want to follow up on one thing, Smalls, quickly before you go here on this. You said you gave a formula for winning. I want to make sure we have this down. So you're saying 50-plus – runs and completions. Correct. If those two add together to 50 or more, more likely than not your team is going to win. Absolutely. That's a good one.
4: I love the play call because I think that it sent the message to not only Dan Campbell to his team, we're not afraid and we're going to come in here and do what needs to be done. But it said to the Chiefs, we're not afraid and we're going to come in here and do what needs to be done. They, they played to win the game uh, with the old Herm Edwards. But <laughs> I love that... Dan Campbell said this after the game. I didn't learn anything. I got verification of what I already knew. We talked about this yesterday. In order for the Lions to have any chance of living up to the hype that surrounded them this season and put them in the category not only to win the division but potentially be a Super Bowl force, is that they had to go in there and say, we're not the same old Lions. Yes, you might be the defending champs. Yes, it might be the night that you're unveiling your banner. And you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, guys that know how to do it. But we're here to play. And they were not afraid of the environment. They were not afraid of the moment. And I just see a different confidence in this line.
2: Well, Andy Reid helped them, because, Andy, which is so rare, so unbelievably rare that Andy Reid could have that kind of bad game. But going for it on 4th and 25 from your own 30-yard line with three timeouts, 2.09 to go, is stunning. He tried to explain it after the game.
0: Yeah, um, I thought that we needed to do that um, at that particular time. They you know, driven the ball on us, and so I thought it was important that um, we gave that a shot. So, while oh, we still had some time on the clock. I,
2: I don't get it. I don't get it. Because you're never going to convince me that a team that turns the ball over... Oh, sorry, that, that kicks the ball away on a punt, that gets pinned back with a lead under two minutes to go, is going to operate the same way as if they have the ball in the other team's territory. They're going to operate more fearful. I mean, you know what you played, CC. Yeah. so maybe I'm wrong. My take is that the way in which Detroit would have played inside their own 20, let's say, is a lot different than taking the ball over on the 30-yard line.
3: Absolutely, and that's why I didn't understand why Andy Reid made that choice. Again, I thought it was a freeway situation if you're going to go for it and you don't get it on 4th and twenty. 20- 25 let the Detroit Lions score let them score a touchdown as a matter of fact if they try to stop short carry the guy
2: in the end zone
3: because you get Pat Mahomes the ball back with about two minutes left
2: wait let's do the the math on that so it's 21 20 you let them score it's 27 20 do they go for two in that spot well, I, I don't think you can they go risk, no, I
3: don't think you can risk it
2: if you went for two. Yeah, right. So then, then Kansas City's down twenty-eight twenty with the ball. No, actually, it
3: would have been twenty-eight. Yeah, twenty-eight twenty. Yeah, yeah exactly. With the ball.
2: Yeah, and they go for. Yeah, yeah I mean that makes more sense than what
3: going that, for the than that's, that's what I thought was going to happen. That's yeah. what I thought he was playing for. The fact that he didn't do that,
2: I thought was very, very strange. Yeah, right. Meaning if you're going to go for it on fourth and 25, then as you're saying, play the freeway and let them just ride down there. They didn't do that. They tried to stop him, which didn't work, but punt the ball away. But it's inconsistent because it's, you're up 17-14 with 12-11 to go in the game. You're up three. You have the ball in the Detroit 21-yard line. It's fourth and two, and you don't go for it there. Why, why not go for it there I then? have no idea. I have no idea. There's no way you can justify that. Pat Mahomes and the ball in his hand, you have to go for it there. And I think on third and two before that, they passed the ball. And it was an incompletion. We can double-check on that. But I think a third and two, early in the fourth quarter, they passed the ball. If you know you're going to potentially have third and two, and you maybe have a field goal situation, why not run the ball on third and two? And then you're giving yourself more of a, of a an option on fourth and one or if you don't get a first down. I understand it's Mahomes, but we know how bad the wide receivers were last night. I, I just you, thought Andy Reid did a poor job. Well, the only thing I
3: can say to defend Andy Reid is that in the second half, outside of the touchdown drive, the Detroit Lions offense did much of nothing. Like, I thought Jared Goff was good, not great Mm -hmm. in that game. And I'm surprised that you're able to go on the road and get a win with your quarterback not playing outside of his mind. And last night, the Detroit Lions proved that we can absolutely do that because of how good our defense is. And remember, this defense last year was absolutely atrocious. They were the dregs. Now, in the second half of the season, they had a little bit of turnover luck. I think they forced 13 turnovers. And we saw that come to bear last night, being able to score off the pick six. But, yeah, I think Andy Reid, in that situation, fourth and two, and he's got the lead, he was leaning on his defense. But to me, I don't know if I trust my defense more than I trust Pat Mahomes. When's the last time we were questioning Andy Reid and some of his decisions?
2: That's why it's shocking, Smalls. That's why I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I feel like it's a fair take. Maybe I'm wrong. My take yesterday was horrific on this game. I'll be the <laughs> first to admit it. So maybe it's not fair, but I'm very much playing the results here on this. I don't get it. I, I just don't understand why he did what he did yesterday. All right, coming up. Was it a Louie? Was it a Prada? Was it a Gucci? Joe Burrow got a bag. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. does not want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, and the ESPN app coming off at of night one of the NFL season. Awesome win by the Detroit Lions 21-20 over the Kansas City Chiefs. But Joe Burrow and his agents certainly got in the zone. Time to get in the zone. Brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Joe Burrow, as you just heard, gets a massive contract. Largest in NFL history, which, as Pat Costello, producer, has pointed out many times, it's always the largest contract in NFL history. We basically have one of those every single day. Five years, $275 million. <laughs> Two hundred seventy-five million dollar extension, two hundred and nineteen point oh one million dollars guaranteed. I want to throw out a theory on this. I am convinced he actually did hold in. I'm convinced. You want a conspiracy theory on this? I want a conspiracy okay. theory. Give it to me. Remember when Jamar Chase came out and said in the locker room, "You know, I, I just I don't want him to play early on. I, if he's not a hundred percent healthy, ready to go." I don't want him to play. Mm -hmm. I'm looking out for my guy that I played college football with and now in the pros, et cetera. Smalls, I'm telling you, I have this theory that this was all the greatest holdout slash hold in in history of the NFL. In the history of the NFL, there was no drama. Nobody was covering this on a day-to-day basis like we had with Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs or anything like that. And it was just known, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, get Joe Burrow paid. And he got paid. During the game last night. Okay, but
4: what's the motivation for that? Joe Burrow was going to get paid. He didn't need to to sit in or hold in. He well, didn't, they didn't need, give him the deal. He didn't until need last to collude night. with his buddy. Whether it was last night or. Weeks from now, this man was going to get paid, Evan. He is the franchise. He is the reason the Bengals are even relevant. He is not only the reason that they are going to be Super Bowl contenders, but I believe he's the reason they're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think it's a matter of if the Bengals win or Joe Burrow wins an MVP. It's a matter of when. And I don't don't know why they would need to do that when you know that he was going to get paid. Well,
2: why not give it to him day one? They didn't do that. They gave it to him last night. I mean, that was the time they did it. I'm just saying, CeCe, I just think this was done in a healthy way, but I think this entire preseason was all about Joe Burrow getting paid.
3: Yeah, I just want to know how this agent got this done between the Joe Burrow contract and the Nikki Bosa contract in literally back-to-back days. Like, think about that. This agent negotiated a half a billion dollars worth of contracts. I don't know who Brian Ariel is, but God bless you and your family and That's a your good entire week. heart. That I, I'm That's just a sitting there, there it's a good week in that household. <laughs> for sure. We're going on vacation. Like, for sure, absolutely. But no, I mean, this is a no brainer. The franchise hadn't won a playoff game in 30 years since Joe Burrow got there. We were having the conversation when he was coming out should he potentially try to pull an Eli Manning and force his way out? Because going to Cincinnati was a death sentence for Mm -hmm. young quarterbacks, especially guys first overall. Remember what Carson Palmer did once upon a time when he was playing for the Bengals? You know, he said, I'm tired of this. I need to go play somewhere else because this franchise is getting in the way of my success and then proceeds to go to a conference championship game with the Arizona Cardinals. Not necessarily a franchise that we would classify as functional, but think about that. (laughs) I'd rather force my way out of Cincinnati to go play for the Raiders or to go play for the Cardinals than to play for the Bengals. That's, an of, indictment. that's the franchise. And then Joe Burrow has changed all of that with what he's done. Now, credit where credit is due, Duke Tobin, their general manager, that family, they have decided to spend money in free agency, which is a departure from how they've operated over the last couple of decades. They surrounded Joe Burrow with the requisite talent, but they don't do that unless they believe in the guy. And I think the contract that they just gave him is just an extension of that belief. It's not as if we don't know that Joe Burrow earned that. Think about this, guys. This guy for 40 touchdowns and had single-digit turnovers last year. Joe Burrow is absolutely phenomenal. He is unbelievable. He allows you to see eye-to-eye eye with the best teams in football in any given year.
2: It's why you go back to the Caleb Williams thing, the thought about the USC quarterback potentially staying in school, the Arizona Cardinals get the number one pick and he doesn't want to play there, that maybe there are some guys like Joe Burrow or like Caleb Williams that are just so good and change cultures that you don't worry about who's going to draft you. Like at this point, whatever whatever team in sports, like Joe Burrow is so great, whatever team in sports you could insert Joe Burrow in and say that team, that franchise is the worst culture in all of sports, Joe Burrow's a fixer. Yeah. He, he's like Ray Donovan. You he's watch Ray make- Donovan on Showtime back? Yeah. 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 He's a Ray he's Ray Donovan. That's yeah. he's what he is. It he's it just work. a fixer. Yeah,
3: no great question. Show. No No, i phenomenal show. The movie driver is amazing. The yeah. movie
2: wasn't great. I got to be fair. Did you watch the movie? I did not watch the movie. Maybe you're better off not doing. it.
3: Uh, okay, good. I I'm, don't ju- need to I'm wa- just. I don't, don't even waste two there. hours of my life. Yeah,
2: I'm just throwing But that you're not out wasting
3: there. time in your life if you're watching Joe Burrow play football. Yeah. Yeah, you're not. And so now that this contract is put to bed. They can focus their attention on other contracts that need to be taken care of. T. Higgins, presumably chief among them, but also they've got to think about what they're going to do with Jamar Chase after this season. I mean, now that you've got Joe Burrow locked in, you got to think about keeping all of the pieces around him that he needs to have high-end success.
4: But that's going to prohibit them from doing that. I'm wondering how they're going to make it work and not only uh, – how they're Come on, smalls. The salary work.
3: cap is not real. Stop it.
4: But they also signed. I was looking at it. They signed Logan Wilson. Don't forget, thirty-seven point two five million dollars. That four-year extension. They yep. have a lot of money tied up right now. And I know that they'll find a, a way to make it work. But I'm thinking, how Joe Burrow said, "What the window is my entire career." No doubt. But they're how long? Really, are they going to be able to keep this core together? How long is that window going to be? How is how is this contract going to impact future free agent deals that maybe this team? Wants well, to well, to here's know?
3: the thing. Cincinnati can turn itself. In to now because you have Gerald Burrow locked into a destination where people want to go. Like Orlando Brown, he got traded. He wanted to get his money, no doubt. But he went to a team that's going to allow him to compete at the same level that he did when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how people are going to view the Cincinnati Bengals. So maybe it gets to a point where you have veterans that want to ring chase. I can't believe I'm saying this. And they're saying Cincinnati is a viable option for me to go there and do that. Yeah, that I, makes
2: all the sense in the world. I think you brought up a guy that actually you can't pay. You can't pay a number two wide receiver if you're paying Joe Burrow. You just can't. You have to, that's the churn position. You just rotate. You want to pay Jamar Chase because that's obviously he's great. CeCe, you can't – in today's day and age, the whole point is every quarterback needs to outperform his contract. Joe Burrow can still do that even at the highest number in the league. No doubt. He can be – because basically what you're saying is if a guy's the highest paid at anything in the league, can he be the best player in the league? And the answer is yes. Joe Burrow can be, even with Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL. He can hover around that. Mm -hmm. So once that happens, you cannot pay a quarterback and then also pay skill position guys. You pay a quarterback to make skill position guys better. That's why you do that. So there's – I would never subscribe to the theory of – having the highest-paid wide receiver and the highest-paid quarterback. There's no need. I need to spread out the money. I'm paying the quarterback A-plus money to take a B receiver and make him an A. Kansas City tried to do it last night. It didn't work well, but they tried to do it last night, obviously, and they've tried to do it now for years. And they've they've let guys... Look, at the Steelers have always let guys go at that position... Patriots, and now the Chiefs have done the same thing.
3: Yeah, but the Steelers have been notorious. Well, not notorious, but they have a reputation for being able to develop wide receivers. I mean, think about all of the different guys that have cycled through that program. I don't have to go chapter and verse to that. But when I look at the identity of the Cincinnati Bengals, it's on the offensive side of the ball. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to devote all of those resources to Joe Burrow, and I'm going to let that continue to be the core of this, this team while we're in this championship window. I don't know that I necessarily agree with letting a guy that has number one wide receiver potential like T Higgins go out of the door. I yeah. can't do
2: that. I'll draft a guy in a first or second round, pay him less, and have, him have the same productivity as long as Burrow's there. That's the way I look okay. at it.
3: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer.
2: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can watch us on ESPN2 and ESPNU. All right, like, we can't blow past the the dude gluing his feet (laughs) to the ground. Like, if we were to give out the whole point of the the show, Unsportsmanlike, we do fun things, we talk about the fun things in sports, we want to find those fun things within the serious things, Coco awesome. It's great that she's in the finals at the US Open. I no am doubt. definitely rooting for her. Of course. She's wonderful. Okay, but a guy glued his feet to the ground at the US Open. That is, is that the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day?
4: Can we I, crown that? I don't know what would possibly top that.
3: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like, he glued his feet to the ground. Okay. Like, what? Like, I, I understand he's protesting. He's like, I'm not going to be moved. I'm right here. Right. But what's the end game? Like, eventually you're going to have to get up. I care okay. about the environment more yes. today because of this. What? No, like, and here's I, I, I what don't I understand.
4: Know. Here's what I want to know what billionaire or whomever who has a private jet is like, you know what? I'm not going to take that ride on this PJ. I'm going to reduce my carbon footprint because of that dude that glued his feet at the U.S. Open.
2: I think Small's just wanted to drop PJ there. I think she. Wanted I've
4: never to... been on a PJ. I bet I'm the only person at this desk who's
2: never been on a PJ. What's that now? What I didn't. She wanted to get to the. What, <laughs> yeah, what did she I, want to do? I, do I'm now? not sure. Yeah, she wanted to. I think she right, saying... to Blag on the play. Blag oh, on, on the play. Hell, yeah, Basically, happened? invite me next time is what I'm getting at, okay? I, I still – Smalls, I can't hear you.
4: Sorry to my environmentalist <laughs> friends. Invite me next time on the BJ.
2: Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, well, uh, yes, the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day so far. You can tweet at us, at unsportslike, at Evco Radio at chriscanty99, at M Smallman. If there's an unsportsmanlike moment, more so than the dude at the U.S. Open gluing his feet to the ground. All right, week one of the NFL obviously starts last night. We've been talking about the Lions with an awesome win over the Kansas City Chiefs. But as we look ahead to this weekend in the NFL and all of the games, there's an immediacy. As, as crazy as it sounds, there's an immediacy with week one that there are things that we need to see from people in week one or else. So I'm going to give you a few here. You guys throw out a few as well. Things that you need to see happen in week one, which sounds absurd. It's a preemptive <laughs> overreaction. But here we go. There are five teams that I need to see if they have a quarterback or if their quarterback is as good as mm. maybe they should be. Okay. okay? So there's three categories. There's three teams. There are two teams I have in one category. The do they actually have a quarterback? Tampa and Atlanta. Same division. There's sneaky tank written all over Tampa, maybe not that sneaky. Atlanta, to me, there's potential trade options down the line. I need to see if Baker Mayfield and Desmond Ritter are good. That's one category. The other category that CC and I have been all over here on this is why is this guy still the quarterback? Let me see if he actually is good still, and that's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, see. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so th- I need immediacy. I need like okay, I get why they're staying with him. All right. The next one is are these guys good? Because if they are, things could be a lot different. Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett. Yeah. If those two are good with their those two elite coaches, there's the immediacy. Five teams, five quarterbacks for me. There's my immediacy week one. Okay,
3: my immediacy, two NFC East quarterbacks. I need to see if Sam Howell is that dude. Preseason is one thing. Regular season is another. Terry McLaurin got a little bit banged up. He might not be 100% if he goes at all. I need to see if Sam Howell can continue to play point guard in that offense, how they respond to Eric Bienemy, how he's been coaching those guys up. I also need to see how big of a difference can Darren Waller make in Daniel Jones' productivity. Daniel Jones got the bag this Mm offseason. The voter confidence from the franchise, he's their dude. $40 million a year. They just restructured his contract. Gave him even more money up front in his contract. Can you go out there and produce? 15 touchdown passes ain't going to get it done, bro. Like, we need to know, are you that dude? Matter of fact, since I said two, let me make that three. (laughs) Dak Prescott, too. We need to see it. You want a brand-new contract? You're eyeballing Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert money? You need to go out there and play like it. You need to go out, not those hollow stats against bad teams. I need to see you perform against teams that are expected to be winners, teams that are expected to be in the playoff picture in December. That's what I need to see this week. The NFC East quarterbacks on display. What are you guys going to do? That's what I got to see with some immediacy because that's going to shape what we're expecting for the rest of the regular season.
4: Especially with Mike McCarthy calling the plays now and what is, quote, a Dak-friendly offense. You certainly need to see it from him. You know what I need to see, guys? I need to see the New York Jets win on the field and not just win the offseason. Aaron Rodgers has done everything right. The New York Jets have done everything right. They're the talk of the town. I need to see it in action. We saw the Lions last night have a statement. We have hype around us, and we're for real. We're legit. I need to see that from the New York Jets on Monday, division matchup versus Buffalo. At home, by the
2: way. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's very weird because the Jets have totally won the offseason, but they haven't done anything in the regular season. There's another category for me, the are they for real category. I don't know that we're going to see it week one, but we may, see, we may see glimpses. Justin Fields, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy. I understand all three have different resumes coming into this, but that's a category for me, the are they real. And then there's the can they, can they bounce back category. We're going to see glimpses of it. Russell Wilson, Jimmy G, Deshaun Watson. I think those three are in the can they bounce back category. And, like, could you imagine Deshaun Watson, game one, is 22 of 27, 323 touchdowns. We will be flipping out, rightfully so, ESPN, Cleveland, 850, KNR will be flipping out our great station that we're on there because that's that kind of thing that will be like, okay, all right, well, now we've talked about the idea, could the Browns be, we always talk about sneaky tank. Yeah. Sneaky Super Bowl contender. Deshaun has a bounce back. They're a sneaky Super Bowl contender all of a sudden.
3: Absolutely. Are they for real? We might as well go to the battle of the 2020 quarterbacks with Tua and Justin Herbert. Like, that's going to be interesting. Are they for real? Those are two teams that have championship aspirations, and I'm not quite sure they're there yet. We'll see what ends up happening, but new coordinators – And Justin Herbert's got uh, Kellen Moore from the Dallas Cowboys. The the, the Miami Dolphins have got Vic Fangio. We've made a lot about how he's going to reshape that defense. I need to see whether or not those coordinators can can make that much of a difference in terms of vaulting those teams to true title contenders. We'll see if that can happen. I know a lot of people are going to focus on Tua, but everybody's expecting that Miami Dolphins defense with Jalen Phillips and with Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins to take that next step. And match what we saw from the productivity on the offensive side of the ball. I want to see that. And I want to see what Justin Herbert can be with Kellen Moore as an awesome offensive coordinator.
4: I also need to see what the Seattle Seahawks are going to be. Talk about a team that maybe has flown under the radar a little bit. I know, CCU you having them win the NFC West, but so much of the conversation is about the 49ers in that division. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith last year obviously outperformed everyone's expectations. Everyone wrote him off. He didn't write back, though. We talk about Seattle being Wait, a team. Good line.
2: I like Everybody wrote him off. He didn't write back. That's that what means. he said. That's, that, yeah. that was his That's line. Him. That's a great I'm line. I'm parroting <laughs> his line. You don't remember that? I don't Remember Last that year, for some he reason he said
4: everybody wrote me off. I ain't right back though. Gino Smith, did you write back? Is
2: your CTE kicking in, Evan? I, yeah, well, I, I mean, did I take a lot, a, lot hits. Hits. I <laughs> a lot of hits. I took a lot of hits. You know what's amazing about well, nothing's amazing about CTE. Wow! wow. You know well, you what?
4: I should have totally been like, yeah, that was mine. That was totally my line.
2: <laughs> but I got I got pummeled as a high school quarterback. Yeah, I had to go to the hospital for like an EKG, a head test, whatever. I played the next day. I put this, In today's age, there's no way I would have played the next day. And it would have been better for my team if I so never played. So you went played. to the
3: hospital to get your head checked and they said everything was okay? Yeah. Can Man, you? those are terrible doctors. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who,
2: who the hell are you going to see? Was that I before the eight
4: interception game? <laughs> yeah,
2: I went to see Dr. J. Great doctor. <laughs> Dr. J? Doc okay. Rivers, Dr. J, <laughs> okay, Doc Gooden. It. Those are my got three it. doctors. There you go. Um, no, that was after. That oh. was after the eight interception game. Again, Nyack. Not an easy place to play. <laughs> That's totally. not like Arrowhead and Nyack, Two two big places. Can't yeah. stress that enough. And and Seattle. I'm glad you brought up Seattle because the other night I had a father son fantasy football draft, and um, yeah, I wasn't able to be at it. So I auto-drafted and Geno Smith's now my fantasy quarterback. Oh, there you go. Is that good? I don't know. Is that good, you think? Yeah. That's he'll put good. up good numbers. Yeah, he'll this put year. up good numbers. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. Then Geno Smith is going to be my uh fantasy quarterback. So we gave you four things there as part of the immediacy and four downs brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to Geico.com uh, today. Coming up next. Prop me up. Prop me up. Buttercup. No, we're not gonna do that on Sportsman like he radio. <laughs>
5: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN2, ESPN can pay my
3: rent because all my money's spent. Yeah, and parking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they
3: were taxing at the
2: parking CC told me, hey, CC said, hey, we're in the New York studios. This is where you park. Cool, I need to get a second job now Listen, to it was, park there. it's 30 bucks for me to park my Bentley there. It was I didn't, $40. i am sorry, what did you say? It's 30 bucks for me to park my Bentley there. I didn't think I like we was going to charge you $50
3: for a Chevy Equinox.
2: What am I supposed to do? Listen,
3: I didn't know. You asked me where I parked. I told you where I parked. I'm actually not mad at
2: you at all. You
3: sure? I swear to I, God, because
2: it felt like there was a little heat coming no. from you yeah. when we were in the CC makeup room. Cece told
3: me to park here. Yeah,
4: exactly. That's why you threw
3: me under the bus yeah,
2: and then you backed it over. Me. No, I, no, it's the other way. I'm saying <laughs> I got here thanks to you. Yes, because I didn't know where the heck to go. This is my first time here in yeah. the studio, so I got here thanks to you. Mm-hmm. The problem is, I'm also homeless now thanks to you. <laughs> so I, we need to figure out the parking situation. Well, it's not my like God. I'm getting a kickback from the parking thing. We sure. Uh, <laughs> Smalls, can you imagine we all of a sudden we look into this parking garage and it's like owned by Canty Enterprises or something like that? It's like, hey, hey, when the new guy comes in, up the price a little bit. By CC squared. Yeah, it's CC squared. I mean, seriously, man, oh, man. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little prop me up. Uh, we're going to give you a couple of serious ones and then some fun ones here. We want you guys to set some prop bets for us, okay? You can tweet at UnsportsLike. So it's fun prop bets for the weekend um, that we have with the NFL, but it can't just be we're going to give you the straight ones first, but then you got to give us the wild ones, right? Then, you like, Super Bowl-style prop bets for this weekend, week one of the NFL. You can tweet at us at UnsportsLike. You'll understand what we're doing in a second here, but let's get some of the serious ones in the mix, just looking ahead to this weekend. In the NFL with the prop bets. Let's start with uh, Lamar Jackson, who, as a reminder, CC picked to win MVP this year, also picked Baltimore to be a top three team in the league. Lamar Jackson, total rushing yards over under 51.5.
3: Oh, I'm going over on that one. Here's the thing everybody wants to talk about how Greg Roman had all these design runs and how that's going to go away, but I think Lamar is going to be even more dangerous as a runner because defenses are going to be spread out. And as a former defensive lineman, When you expect quarterback run, it's easier than if your quarterback just decides, you know what, it's not there, my first and second read of my progression, I'm going to pull the ball down and run. When the quarterback has the ability to run like Lamar Jackson in the open field and make guys miss, that's when he's most dangerous. I think he has a field day running the football off of scrambles against that Texans defense.
4: I'm with you. I'm going on the over. I think Lamar, he got the bag. Now he's going to prove why he's worth it. If he's going to live up to your uh, proclamation, CeCe, that he's going to be the MVP, I think he's going to come out and want to make a statement. I'm going with the over.
2: Deshaun Watson, total passing yards, over under 234 and a half against Cincinnati this weekend at home. I'm going under on that number. I I think the
3: Cincinnati Bengals' rush defense is going to be tested early and often. They got an all-pro in Nick Chubb, and Kevin Stefanski at his core is an inside-outside zone running coach. Like, that's the scheme that he wants to employ. They're going to feature Nick Chubb and then use Deshaun Watson on those rollouts, those sprint outs, uh, and play-action passing. So I think he's going to have a good day throwing the football, but it's not going to be for 234 yards. It's not happening.
4: Yeah, I'm going with the under as well. I know that he's looked great in preseason, Season, which is fine. It's it's the off season. It's preseason. It's training camp. But the last time we saw Deshaun Watson actually playing an NFL game, he ha- he was ru- it was rough. So until I see it, I'm not going to go with the over.
2: Uh, Green Bay at Chicago. Justin Fields, total rushing attempts over under 9.5. Oh, that's a good
3: one. That is a good one. Thanks. Yeah, um, I came up with it
2: myself. <laughs> I run this I'm going to go inside. over. I'm
3: going to go over. And even though he's got DJ Moore and, and, and we're talking about his ability to be able to elevate as a passer – I still think when the rubber meets the road, he's going to trust his legs more than he trusts his arms. So I'm going to go over on that number. Justin Fields rushing attempts from the Green Bay Packers. And I don't—I got to see it from that Packers defense before I believe it. They got the talent, but they haven't been able to put it together. I think Justin Fields is going to use his legs to get himself out of trouble if he finds himself in trouble against that Pack's defense.
4: I'm going with the under. They got DJ Moore for a reason. You know, it's like on Christmas when you open up a present and you get a new toy, you want to play with it, right? I think that they're going to utilize that relationship between Fields and Moore. I th- I'm going with the under.
2: All right, last one. Uh, Russell Wilson, total passing yards against the Vegas Raiders this weekend. No Chandler Jones. Odd situation there. We'll dive into that later. Uh, over under 221 and a half.
3: I'm going to go under. No Jerry Judy, no Tim Patrick. And Sean Payton at his core wants to punch you in the mouth. Everybody talks about how innovative he is in the passing game. I don't think nearly enough people focus on him wanting to run the football. So I think it's a heavy dose of Javante Williams and some IJP Ryan. I, I don't see Russell Wilson having a number of attempts. That'll allow him to go over 221 and a half passing yards.
4: Same thing. I'm going with the – you went with the over on fields, right? I went with the over Okay, I was going to say otherwise. We had we had all the same. Same thing. I'm going with the under on Russ. I don't I don't know if we're going to see him hit – what is it, 22?
2: 221 and yeah, a half no or way. whatever. Yeah, no way. I'm going on the under. All right, now say, let's have – yeah, Whatever. It's um, – because you guys are both so anti Russ, whatever it is. You, I could have said two passing yards, you guys would have said under haters. Here we go.
3: Here we go. Yeah, here okay. we go go Curry, ahead and envy me. He's going to be the carrying the water for Russell Wilson.
2: On right. um, Wisconsin. All right, let's have some fun with these, right? So <laughs> we're going to make up lies. At lines. least
4: he's open with his biases. No doubt. No doubt. doubt. No, no. Yeah, I can respect that. Well,
2: people that. in life, in, uh, sports fans are biased. It drives me nuts when sports fans do not admit their bias, drives me crazy. You can't be on here and not be a Giants-Cowboys-Ravens guy. You played for the teams. You well, can't look, be on here and not hate on the Rams. They left your city. Hate them. So let's just be open and
3: honest about biases with sports. Well, I would like to believe that I'm objective when I'm talking no. about my teams. But Why people, would you? I, I, what do you mean? Why do you have to
2: be? I, I just I feel like that's my responsibility. You can be objective and still admit I'd rather them win than lose. Well, yeah, I only picked
3: one of the three teams that I played for to make the playoffs. The Cowboys and the Giants on the outside looking in, so I can hardly say I'm fanboying
2: right. out here. Well. Leave that to me. Will you <laughs> All right, so fun, uh, fun prop bets. We're going to set yeah, the lines. Here true. we go. All right, I'm going to give you two of them. Tom Brady mentions over, under in 10 and a half games. Meaning, we have 15 games now, right? Mm-hmm. From Sunday and Monday. Tom Brady, this is the, the maybe the most untold storyline, as crazy as it sounds. This is the first season yeah. in 20 plus years without Tom Brady in the NFL. F- 10 and a half games. Will they mention Tom Brady's name?
4: I am going to take the under. Okay, because we've we've rarely talked about it in the offseason. There's so many other storylines at play. I mean, I'm sure they'll mention it in the Bucks and the Patriots games, but I don't. Well, i will not
2: be at the Patriots game, yeah. so it'll be easier for yeah, them. Yeah, exactly, that's what I was about exactly. to say. I'm going to
3: go over on that one. Are you they putting all, them in the ring of
2: honor this year? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You think ten, every game's going to be a Yeah, yeah ten, mention and, it. 10 and a
3: half, that's easy. I mean, it could be 10 and a half in Eagles Patriots.
2: No, I'm sorry. I'm saying in the number of different games. In different well, games. every oh, broadcast broadcast—no,
3: yeah. No, no, no. I'll probably go. I'm going to the under. Under. Okay. All right, here we go.
2: 10,000 tweets or X, ex- whatever the heck it is. 10,000, I'm putting the number at. Right, mentions on social media of the Octobox and Witching Hour. Witching Hour, Octobox, NFL Red Zone. Everybody loves watching it. Oh, over. Over. Oh, yeah, oh,
3: Everybody. 10, over
4: everybody's over, 10, over. That's an over. Easy one.
3: Absolutely over. 10, over And tweets. now with YouTube having a Sunday ticket piece and yeah. now they have the red zone too. No actually, bias. Nope. No bias. Just a little bit. My wife works for YouTube, so we gotta push that a little. <laughs> now, we gotta push that a little now bit. Now he's saying no. We you push him that him. A little bit. I wouldn't we be love a good husband too. if I wouldn't <laughs> do that.
2: But over. Well over. Well over. Ten thousand? Yeah, Ten thousand? Everybody's gonna be going crazy the first time we have the numbers. Everybody's gonna do that. I'm waving at Greeny. I just waved to Greeny. Because I'm like, well, why not? Say hello to Greeny. And yeah. we're on, I, forget, I always forget we're on camera here. All right, so there we go. I gave you the OctoBox, the Witch Hour, the Tom Brady mentions. There you go. Yeah.
3: Okay.
4: Go ahead. Go
2: you. Okay,
3: so Sunday night, Cowboys, Giants. Some are calling it the Candy Bowl. Actually, nobody's calling it the Candy Bowl, even though it's two teams that I play for. The candy but, Michael Parsons comparisons mentions with Lawrence Taylor. Michael Parsons, Lawrence Taylor in the same sentence. I'm going over, under seven and a half. Over under way seven and under and a half. way under. I'm gonna. Way, go. no way. Unless no you way. know LT's gonna be no there, way. no way. Of course LT's gonna be there. Of course he's gonna be. Way there. under. Way under. Way I'm under. Going
4: under. I'm gonna go under. Too.
3: No. Way seven under and a half. No. There's no way. I'm
2: going way over. Under. I'm going and just over. that I'm singular
4: broadcast, you're going with the over.
3: Yeah, I'm going with the over.
2: Wow. Yeah. By the okay. way, in the Canty Bowl, over under calories, you set the number at how much you're gonna eat during the Canty Bowl. Oh, a thousand easily. Over so whatever. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I got
3: pizza. I got wings. I got all that stuff. for Football Sundays. It wouldn't be football Sundays if you couldn't eat whatever you wanted to. So I yeah, got. I like a buffalo well
2: chicken sandwich. Football Sunday. Oh, chicken. Go buffalo chicken dip.
3: Yeah, buffalo. You're just learning this. Buffalo chicken dip is cool.
2: Buffalo
3: chicken sandwich.
2: Oh, small. Small's probably has like a blended celery and avocado smoothie. get
3: gotta focus on the health. chicken sandwich. What
2: do you got, Smalls? Let me
4: give you one quickly. Speaking of Russell Wilson, we'll bring it all back full circle. Over under. Let's rides three and a half
2: under. We ended under. We ended it. That's over. We ended it. We told him he's got to stop that. But can
4: he help himself? Yes.
2: Yes. No more kissing babies. Right. So there's no more kissing babies with Russell Wilson. But I'm going to be kissing buffalo chicken sandwiches. Is what I'm going to be doing. (laughs) The first game of the NFL season took place last night. The Detroit Lions are legit. What world are we living in? That actually happened. We'll get into that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
1: Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.